questions as we talk about this is next to the last of the message. Questions that some people might want to ask God. Well, here's one of the questions that we're going to talk about. How can I, how can I hear God speak to me? And then do I believe that God speaks to people today? And I, I have no doubt. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that God has a way through many different avenues to speak to our heart. The problem is sometimes he doesn't have our unqualified attention. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about now. I'm going to talk about the farmer and the parable of the seed that was sown. This, this of course, is found in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse number 4. This parable about the seeds, some fell on hard ground, some fell on fallow ground, and the weeds came. But this parable is in three out of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, here's what I think, and I believe that I have proven that in that opinion over and over. And to know that you're here and you're listening, God says, I want your undivided attention because I'm going to speak to you. And this message must be strategically important for my spiritual maturity and yours because it's recorded in three out of the four. The Beatitudes, as important as they are, they're only found in Matthew's gospel. Now, one or two of them are referred to later on in Scripture. But the value of the Beatitudes changing a mindset is in Matthew. This parable, Jesus said, I know human nature. I know how sin can bring a curse on a person who is a follower as it relates to to their fellowship. So I'm going to give you this parable. Matthew, you record it. Mark, you record it. Luke, you're the physician. Do not fail to record it. Why? God is saying, I want to speak to my people. The disciples heard it when God spoke. We know that's important. How do we hear from God? Well, simply put, the Bible says, how shall they hear except a preacher? How should they grasp it? So the preaching of the Word of God, that's extremely important. And we know that he's given us this book, not just to look at, but he said, get in this book and devour it. Read and then take your time and understand what it says because this is God's workbook, handy book for life. Every question that you have can be found in this book. And so God says, I want you to rightly divide the Word of God. Why? Because I will use it to speak to you. Well, someone may say, well, hey, I read my Bible and I don't get anything out of it. Well, sometimes, you know, you have a radio and you, you can't quite get it and you move the channel just a little bit and finally you get a clear. It's right there, right there. You have to be tuned in. You have to say, God, I'm going to stay until I get the right wavelength, and I'm going to read it. If this scripture doesn't make sense, I'm going to read it over and over and grab me a concordance. I'm going to look there. I'm going to grab me a commentary. I want to know what that means. I want to hear what God has to say. Now, the Bible says that when Jesus said this, he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, what did he say? Let him what? Let him hear. If you got ears to hear, then let him hear. Once again, we find that God is demanding through the process our attention. I want you to listen, he says. I want you to hear. If you have ears, don't overlook this because in this parable are some of the most valuable opportunities and challenges known to man Shall we go in Luke 8, verse number 4? While a large crowd was gathering, the people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on. The birds of the air ate it up. 
some fell on the rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on ground or on good soil. It came up, it yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And when he said this, he called out. Here it is. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In those few scriptures, it seems that God is saying it's power packed and it's just for you. So, Father, let the unction and the anointing of God rest upon me as the preacher. And let there be an anointing that rests upon the ears and heart of every person listening now. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus uses the illustration of the farmer. It's used a lot in the scripture. He said the seed is the same. But he said there are, are four different kinds of soil here. Four different kinds, same seed that's there. Well, the disciples said, hey, if this is so important, tell us. So Jesus said the farmer represents God. The seed represents God's word. And the soil represents our heart, my heart. Four kinds of soil, four kinds of responses that God is talking to us about. And he said, I want to talk to you about the attitude of the heart. The attitude of the heart. It could be hardened, could be receptive, could be indifferent. And he said, that's what I want you to listen to because in this room right now, God is about to endow us with a divine anointing, one of conviction, but of spiritual truth, challenging all of us individually right where we live to do something about what we hear. Now, sometimes we know that we're a little more receptive to God than other times. That's, that's me. Sometimes, okay, God speak, etc., and I'm more receptive. Other times, you know, gotta, I got to move. But I'm going to give you four areas that I think that will help us be in touch. How many want to be in touch? Say amen. Amen. Number one, cultivate an open heart. Say that with me. Cultivate an open heart. Now, we're going to work together because I know you got up an hour early. And I know some of you already want to go to sleep. You're already praying, God, don't let it be long. I came. Let him be short. I am short. Cultivate an open heart. Cultivate an open heart. So in order to hear God, we've got to want. We've got to want to hear God speak. You've got to have a desire. I want to hear from you, God. I want you to speak to me. Problem is, we don't often say that unless we really, really, really do need God to say something. God, I'm, I'm facing a mountain here. I need to how to get over it, under it, around it. I need you to speak. God, I'm facing a deadline here, and I need you to talk. In other words, you have to desire. You have to be teachable. You have to be receptive and, and ready to learn and have an open mind. Well, why would you have an open mind? Because the opposite of an open mind is a closed mind. A closed mind. Pick and choose what you want to hear. Have you ever said to your spouse, oh, you're not listening to me? Hello? I think women say that more than men. You're not listening to me. Oh, yes, I am too. What did I just say? Well, something about, you know, something about, you just want to give it up. Sweet, I love you, but I wasn't paying much attention. I didn't realize it was that valuable to you. If I'd known it was that valuable to you, I would have listened a little better. Would you please forgive me this time? No, Junior. I have forgiven you and forgiven you and forgiven you. Yeah, you know what the Bible says, babe. You just keep on forgiving. I promise you, I'll pay attention better later. 
Anybody ever had those conversations? Anybody ever heard them? It's going to be in a new book I'm going to put out right there. <laughs> Teachable and receptive. Now, you consider, hey, how can I have a closed mind to God? Let's find out. So the parable, Luke 8, 5, some seed fell along the path, it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Now Jesus explains it in verse 12, same chapter. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Now in the farming, there's a thing called a furrow. How many know what the furrow is? It is, if you see the strawberry plants out, you'll see the mound of the strawberry plants is there, and there's this path between each little mound. That's the furrow. That's where you walk. Sometimes you walk on it so much, it's like cement. It gets so hard. And so when farming, that's the footpath that is there. And so we know that the soil and the footpath, because it's packed, the farmer, of course, didn't plant the seed like you plant your little backyard garden. They're like, okay, I got a six by eight place and I'm going to plant my little garden. And here's what the packet said, plant seeds six inches apart. You till the soil, take your finger, push it in the ground, drop a seed, six inches, drop a seed, six inches, drop a seed. No, the farmer did what is considered to be, he broadcasts the seed. That is, he takes a bucket or whatever the case, dips it in, and he does this. And there is a knack to it, and he does this. And fanning out, as he's throwing it out, the seed lands. Now, now, some of it landed in that hard path. And Jesus said, I know a little bit about farming. And he said, here's what happened. It will not penetrate that soil on that path. It won't do that. That ground, I want you to know that ground is so hard, it will in fact not receive the seed. And so opposite from an open heart and open mind is a closed heart and a closed mind of stubbornness that says, I'm defensive. I've closed off to that. You say, well, what is it? What is it? And you say, well, I'm I don't know. How many times does the preacher preach? And you sit out there maybe and you say, I don't believe that. I don't like that. It doesn't mean me. I wish he'd hurry up. And we have a mind that is not open when the word of God is preached. What you have to do, have to do to gain ground spiritually is overlook the inadequacy of the person delivering it and look at the power of the word that's in it. Somebody say amen. 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 Here it is. What causes a defensive heart? Why would I have a heart that resists? Number one, fear makes us defensive against God. Why would we have fear? We're afraid of what he might say. We're afraid of what he might say. He might, he might desire to alter our lifestyle. I don't want to get in no, I don't want to get in no mission service. I heard sometimes he calls people into the missions ministry. I don't want to do that. No, Lord, don't. I don't, I don't want to hear what he has to say. Or he might give a, he gets on that stuff about my pet peeves and my habits. I, I don't want to hear that. Everybody's got their own problem. Everybody's got some need. Everybody's got something that they do. So don't talk to me about, don't talk to me about my problem. And so we just close our heart and we become defensive. Number two is pride. Pride. How many of you have a little pride? May I see your hand? Okay. How many know there'll be no liars in heaven? It's all right to admit and it's good because a little bit of anything or too much is bad. You understand? Too much is bad. But a little bit of pride helps you have a healthy life. So it's all right to say, yeah, I've got a little bit of pride, but it's not a pride that controls me. I have a little bit of pride in the beauty of my spouse. And the spouse will say, honey, you can have a whole lot of pride there if you want to. A little bit. Of, I have a little bit of pride about my kids. 
a little bit of pride about my church, just about my community. I have a little bit of pride when I see Oh, glory flying on a huge flagpole. That's, that just wells up. It's all right to have a little bit of pride. All right, come on. Well, if you're going to clap, let's really make it sound good. It's all right to have a little bit of pride. But here's what he's saying. He said, often pride is not necessarily controlled. In other words, it's when I think I don't need any advice. I don't need to hear what the pre. I don't need for you to tell me. I can think on my own. I got this far doing my own thinking, doing my own thing, and I'll keep going. So I don't, I don't need any help here. But here's what I found out. I discovered that pride is just a smoke screen for insecurity. If you can't stand there and someone else say, well, have you ever thought of this and cause you to appreciate that? It says, hey, you're a little bit insecure. Here's number, number three, bitterness. Bitterness. I ain't bitter. What do you mean? I ain't bitter, man. I have a great time. That is until the right person shows up. That is until the right situation raises its ugly head again. We all get hurt sometimes. Say amen. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's not. And in response to that hurt, you know what we do? We withdraw often. We withdraw into a shell and we build a wall around so that God says, hey, I, I'm not going to penetrate that wall. That wall, I could blow it away, but I'm not. But you keep that wall up as long as you're bitter. And you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want anybody to mess with you. Get away. They call you, hey, I didn't see you in church today. Yeah, you know, I, 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 watched, I watched online for a few minutes. And then one of my buddies came over and Man, we got in a conversation and I, I just missed it, you know. But hey, hey, I'm better than some people who were probably there. Bitterness can get in the way. You see, we don't want to be hurt anymore, so we hide. And we protect. And this walk that we've been called to do is filled with one faith step after another. I found that people who have been hurt often by the church build a huge wall that not even some of their close friends can get to. But listen carefully, never let another person destroy your fellowship with God. Don't you dare let them keep you away from what will bless you. James 1.21, here's what he says. Listen up, big boy. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. James says, get it all out of there. Don't let that stuff cake up. Number two, I must allocate, I must allot time to listen. Now, we often do that if we're in big trouble. We do that if we're in big trouble, big trouble. But here's what it is. I must, I must learn to be quiet and listen to God. How many of you, it's easy for you to be quiet? All right. How many of you, it's difficult for you to be quiet? How many of you, how many of you, if you've got an opinion, it doesn't take a lot for you to say, I'm going to tell you what I think. How many are out there? That's right. How many of you kept your opinion to yourself and you regretted it? Always tolerate those who disagree with you. Because they have a perfect right to their opinion. But here it is. Here it is. It's, it's when we in our lives that we fail to have a heart that is open that we can listen. And God says, what do you want me to do? Mary, the mother of Jesus, told her. You're going to have a child. Not going to be Joseph's. It's going to be the son of God. And you know what, Mary? It says Mary pondered these things in her heart. 
just kept quiet. She said, God, have you spoken to me? I have a few questions, but I'm just going to let that truth settle in on me. She didn't just let it run in one ear and out the other. Often we're in too big a hurry. Speak, God, you better speak. I need it now, quickly. It's not going to do you any good. If you're running down the highway at 85 miles an hour and you say, oh God, those blue lights behind me, don't let them be pulling me over. You can quit praying. <laughs> and start praising if they go by you. <laughs> but never get over the fact that had you been stopped, you are guilty. Don't try you know, I just put new tires on this thing. And they're size bigger than usual. And on my, on my speedometer, it says 10 miles more than what the actual speed limit is. Don't even try it. Yes, sir, officer. I'm guilty. I sure am. Excuse me. I need to call Grady Judd. He's waiting on a call from me. <laughs> sure. And you know what, Grady? I know him well enough. He's going to say, be sure you pay on time. <laughs> Listen, speak, God, but do it quickly. How would you like it if your teenager said to you, Hey, Daddy, Mom, if you got anything to say to me, do it, do it in a hurry. i got to get out of here. Wait a minute, Junior. All eternity is going to wait right here with you. Can you imagine that, that we're telling God by virtue of an action, I don't have time for you. We won't. We want to get through church. We got things planned. Man, I'll tell you what, we had things planned and that crazy preacher went 15 minutes over. I can't believe it. Luke 8, 6, some seed fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Those on the rock, he said, are the ones who receive the word with joy, but, but when they hear it, they have not, they have no root. They believed for a while, but in time of testing, they fell away. Jesus said that person has a superficial heart. That person is impulsive and reacts emotionally. They never take time, not the time necessary to mature, to be able to grow. They're excited to begin with. They are on the move, but not long after that, they fade away. Why? Because God said, you didn't take time. How is it possible for someone to come to church year after year or all of their life and never be changed and never seem to grow, never seem to improve? They walk out the front door and forget what they heard. As a matter of fact, here's what I know. Unless you often take notes, you don't remember, you don't remember 92% of what you heard. You don't. You don't remember it. They don't allow the word to take root. And if you and I want to hear God speak, we have to cultivate an open heart and then allocate some time, allocate some time for God to drill it down. So what's God saying to you? And what is it that God is convicting you about? What is it that you realize I'm out of bounds there? And God, I need, I need your help. The alfalfa, it grows here in, in the States. And the root, an alfalfa plant, the root of that plant goes 20 to 30 feet deep. And when the storm comes, and that, that alfalfa plant can handle it. When the heat comes, that alfalfa plant is drawn from 20 feet down to keep the nourishment there. If you want to know how, how you are, if you're a shallow Christian, if you want to know how that is, you'll find out when the heat comes and you can't handle it. You'll find out when somebody gets in your face, points their finger and says something to you that you don't like 
And you, you'll say, well, I'm not handling that right. You know why? Because your root system is not deep enough. You can find that it's deep enough by spending time in the Word. Number three, eliminate the distractions. Say that with me. Eliminate the distractions. Eliminate them. How many are busy? Okay. How many are busy? There you go. I just learned if I take it slower, you. Now, don't. Laugh this one away now. Most everybody you know that you appreciate, they're busy. They're busy. It may be that uh, you're going to have to cut some things out that you've already committed to and say, I got to cut that out. I got too many distractions here that, that I, I'm so busy that. I didn't hear God speak to me. And our minds get so full with what we need to do, what we have to do, what we have ahead of us, that we get into a panic when we should say, pause. Father, let me spend time with you. If I'm too busy for you, I am way too busy. Luke 8, verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Jesus explained that. He said, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by lives. Here it is, worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't mature. Jesus said, the soil is with weeds. God, I, 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 I hear you, but I just don't have time. Here's what God is saying to all of us. Hey, when I redeemed you, I expected you to bear fruit, bear good fruit. So we find in the writings of Paul, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So he said, that's your fruit. I want to see some fruit. And God desires that we're like Jesus, that, that we're filled with that love and that peace. But we all know Christians, quote, unquote, that hardly have any of this fruit manifested. Oh, their life is so busy. This one is the killer right here. I read a poster the other day. It says, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness of busy life, the fast-paced world that we live in. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. And we say, God, speak. And God says, remember point two, you got to allocate some time. And for you to allocate some time and make an allotment there, you're going to have to get rid of some of your distractions. And then he says, and let me tell you what some of them are. Worries. If you're in this room or you're listening on the sound of my voice, and every time you turn around, you are worried about something. And here's how you know it's deadly. You're worrying about the same old thing every day. If someone gets alone with you, it's going to come up in your conversation. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now, your mind is too captivated by the enemy because you should be casting all your care. You should be casting all the things that concern you deeply on the Lord. Number two, you're riches. I'm not rich. 
compared to the most of the world you are. Riches can take up all of our time. Here's how that sounds. Hey, man, I got to make more money. You got to make, got to make more money. Got to get out there and get with it, man. Don't sit idle. You got while, while, man, you got to make it. There's a harvest. I got to get it. You won't find that in the Bible. It's not there. Especially when it's compared. Compared to how much time you're spending. Do you realize the kind of fruit that you could bring into your family and your business? The kind of fruit if you spent more time listening to God. But I have a job to do. No, you're driven by riches. You don't hear a person say, you need to make more money. And in the same breath, we need to meet to reach more people for Jesus. You know why? Because you're not reaching people for Jesus. You're too busy. I got to make more money. Now, what am I trying to say? Sure, you need to make more money. But not to the degree that it takes away from the things of real value in your life. And everybody said, oh, amen. Number three, pleasures. We're loaded up with pleasures, particularly around here. We're looking for pleasure. We have recreation. And often pleasure will take over, you know, where you been? I haven't seen you in church three weeks. Well, I mean, three weeks ago, we, we went to the beach. And last weekend, we were at Disney. And the weekend just last, last weekend before that, um, we had a tournament. Okay, so what you're telling me that for the last three weeks you didn't say no to one of those. So that you come in to the house of God. Well, if I'm not there, nobody notices. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I notice but he notices. Y'all need to say amen. amen. This is the one just kind of getting right on out there, isn't it? It's kind of like fleas getting in you. You begin to feel them, begin to just nip, 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 nip. Why, why, don't, why, don't you do, why don't you preach like Joel Osteen? Why don't you preach like Joel Osteen and said, oh, brother, the fleas of favor are going to come upon you. Wonderful, Joel. You know you're in real trouble if you drop on all fours and begin to shake your head like that and take your hand and go to scratching. You got more fleas than you need, my friend. What is he talking? He names it. He names it. You see, what do I need to be the kind of disciple that brings pleasure to God. You know what he says? He said, that pleasure, that rich, will choke out. It'll choke out the testimony of effectiveness. So Jesus stands straight up in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. God said, I want to speak to you. Do you notice that weeds will grow anywhere? I've never heard anybody say, well, I need to go out and water my weeds. <laughs> I have a friend of mine, he's a pastor of a church. He had three daughters, didn't have any sons. But we'd be there when we travel in the district. We'd uh, be there for service with them. And, and his common deal, all right, you keep on. And you're going to be out in that backyard pulling weeds. More occasions than not. This is back when they were like nine and ten and eight. Go get your bag. Go out there and go to pulling. I cannot tell you how badly those three girls hate weeds today. Hate it. 
Weeds will grow anywhere. Well, let me say this. If you see weeds, weed means somebody is neglecting the garden. Now, how many of you know that weeds can grow overnight? Sure they can. But when you begin to see weeds, riches, pleasures, it says something is not being paid attention to. And he said, what will happen if you don't pay attention to it? It will choke out all the efforts that you have to bear harvest. Number four, say, go ahead. I'm glad that point's over. So here's what we're called to do. That is cooperate with what God says. Say that with me. We cooperate with what God says. We cooperate with what God said. How are we going to know what God, we're in the book. How are we going to know? We're giving God time. How are we going to know? We've got rid of some distractions so that it will work. And now we're going to cooperate with what God says. You see, God speaks to the individuals who predetermine in advance, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. God knows because of their heart, it's, it's Lord, whatever you say. Now, how many remember the story that I told, and it's important you raise your hand, that I told about the homeless people that I fed Saturday morning, maybe a month. How many remember that story? Not enough of you remembered it. So I'm down in Dixieland. Sharon has an appointment. I have 30 minutes. And I look and I see five or six homeless people standing at a garbage dumpster. I thought, okay. They look like homeless people. I went to McDonald's, which was about 10 or 12 blocks away. Got in line. I'm looking for the dollar menu. Everybody with me? Looking for the dollar menu. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me because the devil would not have spoken to me that way. <laughs> what are you going to do? I said, well, sausage biscuits, a buck. He said, uh, Do you ever get the dollar menu? Very seldom. Well, no. Why don't you get them what you get? I said, that's 353 <laughs> per sandwich. How many are there? I thought seven. I think seven. And Lord, if I don't get enough, one will be without. So I'll, I'll give 10. So I said, I want a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. I want an egg McMuffin with a Canadian ham and a folded egg. Because I don't like the round thing. With a folded egg. Give me a sausage biscuit with egg and cheese. That's what I, I want. And give me some hash browns. Do you still have the two for one deal? Nope. Hash browns. Got it. Went down. They were still there. It was cold. And I pulled up. They didn't know me. They thought driving up in a black Escalade with 22 rims on it. <laughs> with smoke glass. They weren't sure until I walked up with a McDonald bag. I said, hi, guys, gals. 
Thought I'd bring you a little breakfast. You want something to eat? Wow. I had new friends. <laughs> I took the bag and I said, wait a minute, can we pray? Yes. <laughs> Hand off. I prayed. Prayed a prayer. Jesus, touch. Strengthen. Then I took the bag and I, I gave him a sandwich. You like, you like sausage, egg, muffin? You want the biscuit? What, what, what do you want? I want this here. Here you go. I had three extra. I said, hey, don't forget me. I pastor at Victory Church up there. You're the pastor? Yeah, this is my Saturday morning look. Well, they had areas. They said, well, he said, my area is Dixieland. Another one said, my area is over west of here. My area is here. They all congregated right there around the dumpster. That's good. I'm there last week. It's raining. A couple of weeks, it was cold. It was raining. And uh, so I'd, I'd already gone down. And got the food. No, I, I went through. I didn't see them. And I thought, okay, God, they're not here. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go down there and get it anyway. If you don't mind, I don't want to waste my money. He said, whose money? I went to the drive-thru, I bought the plethora, I headed back, I pulled through, I did not see them, not there. Drove around again, because now you need to get rid of 10 sandwiches. They were across the street, because it was raining, they were under the shelter, but one of them ran out from under the shelter out to the highway on South Florida and went to waving. <laughs> I saw them. I pulled over to where they were. They came up to the window. I said, get back, guys. Ma'am, I'm coming over there. I got out in the rain, went over with them, handed them out. Wow. She said, I've never had a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Well, here it is. I had three left. I had to go to the cleaner, so I gave it to the cleaners. <laughs> Y'all can have them. You see, I may never see them again. I probably will because I'm going back. But here's what I know. I'd like to tell you that I did it the first time God spoke to me. And that'd be beautiful. But I had to work my way through it. I may never see them. But I planted some seeds and I may never see the harvest. But here's what I do know. They've had at least... Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Egg McMuffin with a folded egg. And strawberry and grape jam. And a hash brown. From a preacher in a black Escalade. That they will never forget. So my prayer is God, that seed that's planted. As I cooperate with you. It will bring a harvest. What did our text say? One hundredfold. Do you realize the privilege that you and I have to cooperate with God? Amen.
to cooperate with God. To know that as we cooperate with him, he said that that's the soil where the seed falls as you broadcast that. Yes, Lord, I'll do. So he said, I'll do what you want me to do. Luke 8, 15, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. That drive through at McDonald's, God was able to teach me some lessons now listen, he cannot teach you lessons at the Chick-fil-A drive through because they move too quickly. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up right here. James, the brother of Jesus, is a sassy guy. Here's what he says. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. I heard it. Don't just listen, but do what it says. So here's what I want to leave you with is I've unburdened this message twice today. I hope your heart was open this morning. I hope you have received something that God sent just for you. I hope that your heart is receptive that you say, God, there's some what I would call house cleaning there are a few things I need to reprioritize. I need to redo. There's a few things I need to kind of discard. Not that they're bad. They're just taking advantage of what I need from you. And God, here's what I'm going to do with what I heard. I'm going to enact some good measures and I'm going to let my light shine and I'm going to bear fruit that will bring glory and honor to you amen father God I thank you now because I know that you have heard us I know that you love us and you care for us and I know that when we're under conviction we get quiet and and we know that there's some things that we need to do, but there's a battle of the enemy going on in the minds of many, not speaking to me, or I already do. Or God, you know what else I do. Well, Lord, you're never going to convict us of something that we don't have need of. You convict us of those things that we have need of, and if there's conviction there, it's because you see better than we do. So you plant on the hard soil, it won't work. You plant in the soil where the weeds are, it won't work. It just won't work. God, what we want is the fertile soil. That's, that's what we want. So we ask you to do in Jesus' name, penetrate every heart by the power of your word. Would you repeat this prayer with me right now? As you stand to your feet, would you repeat it? Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus forgive, me forgive me of my sins. Of my sins. I, believe in my heart I believe in my heart that I have heard your word, heard your word. and I desire to say yes, to, say yes. To, what you're saying. to what you're saying. I have made mistakes. Made mistakes. What I'm doing is good but may not be timely, may not be timely. In, your plan. in your plan. I now ask you to use me. Bless me as I lift up your name and give you all the glory. Father, there's sin, Father, there's sin that, I have that I have accommodated in my life. In my life. I'm, asking you to me. I'm asking you to forgive me. 
and cleanse my heart from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hands together? Let's thank God. Amen. Our altar workers are here. There's a reason that they're here. We initiated about three weeks ago. You can't know how many times I preached. I preached and my heart was ripped out because we couldn't move forward in the altar. I heard C.M. Ward say one time, you preach and preach and preach and then you don't cast the net. He said, it's futile. It's like fishing with a pole with a hook and no bait. But there's something you need. And here's what conviction does. Conviction says you need to slip in the altar and let where two or more agree together. That's why we have. And just pray. You know, so here, here's the deal. It may be your act of obedience that God does what he wants to do. You're going to be obedient. I'm going to intervene over there. So if God is speaking to you about just slip down, be obedient to the Lord, they're going to worship, and the rest can just slip out and say, thank you, Jesus, and trust God, and then take what you've heard and use it for God to bless you in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. By the grace of a living God. By the grace of God. One more thing. Mark Patterson, raise your hand, Mark. Mark, Mark had a friend that was in his wedding, his best friend, out in Denver, Colorado, back in January. He said, hey, Mark, you, you'd be perfect here in this church that I'm at. Help me. Would you give a consideration? Mark, nah. He and Charmaine, of course, baby Hannity. But recently, Mark told us, Pastor, I'm going to be moving to Denver, Colorado. And so after Easter, he won't be on the platform, but he'll be in our hearts. Would you give it up and give him a great big hand clap? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You slip down here and we're going to pray. And God bless you. Thank you for being here.